What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Wow Ash Wow over Zoom video. Ash was born and raised in the Jersey, Philadelphia area and talks about how she got into music, comes from a very musical household. Her grandfather actually was the drummer on the first Elvis record. Her brother's a drummer. Her mom's a drummer. She's got aunts and uncles that are all musicians. So she comes from a musical household. She didn't start off on drums, though. Uh, she started off on the guitar. She fell in love with Nirvana and grunge and punk rock music. She talked about the first band that she started, which was a punk band. She recorded her first album at 17 with Steve Albini, who's done Pixies and Nirvana and countless other gigantic artists. So she worked with Steve Albini on that album, and she talked about the experience meeting him and, and doing that album. She went from punk rock to hip-hop and rap when she went to college. She talked about going to some rap battles, and that's kind of what changed her perspective on, on hip-hop. We hear about her move to Los Angeles, putting out her first album, and all about the brand new album she has, which is called The Algorithm. You can watch our interview with Wow Ash Wow on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Wow Ash Wow. Hey, how are you? How are Ash? you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, just like running around doing some errands. Don't mind me drinking some water. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm Adam. Very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well, Adam. I'm Ashley, aka Wow Ash Wow. Awesome. Well, um, this is a podcast about you, and we'll talk about the new album and um, your story in music. Yeah, amazing. Let's get into it. Amazing. Uh, so first off, where were you born and raised? Uh, so I was actually born in Chester, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but then I was raised in like the Philly, South Jersey area, primarily like South Jersey most of my life with like a very strong connection to um the way how like philly and south jersey are sort of like very close towards each other it was like a 10 to 15 minute ride to always go in the city oh that's amazing yeah that, it's it's cool to have those areas how close those areas are right i mean jersey yeah the jersey, northeast everything yeah. is so compacted so you know and about an hour and a half you're in new york city 15 minutes you're in philly and delaware and so forth yeah. I mean, I'm from San Diego, so it was a trek to get, I mean, LA was two and a half hours easy if there wasn't traffic. And then, you know, everywhere else was just such a drive. Like if you went to San Francisco, that was like 10 hours. Yeah. That's the one thing I realized when I moved to LA is that nothing is close. Like everything <laughs> right. is 20 to 30 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. I recently moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and they'll talk about traffic. Like, oh, the traffic is so bad. I'm like, you don't even know traffic. Like, at least the things moving, like the, the 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 roads are never like completely stopped. I mean, you're moving at least like 20 miles an hour. Like in LA, oh, you'll yeah, just be sure. stuck for an hour. The car will just not even move. 
Yeah, you don't know about traffic until you've lived in New York City and then also California, like consecutively. And at this point, I don't even get frustrated if I'm sitting in the back of an Uber or something. I just pull out what my Netflix selection is, catch up <laughs> on emails, plan my whole day out because I'm going to be sitting there for about at least 45 minutes to an hour in traffic. So I just accept it. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. Um, so what was it like growing up there in, uh, I guess, so close to, to Philly and uh, Jersey and everything else right there? Yeah, it was really, um, it was interesting because I grew up in a very rural area. So um, I call it the land of trees. Like you, I woke up and I looked across my front yard and it was about maybe a five acres of just like pine trees with, wow. you know, deer and stuff, just trampling through it and deer hanging out on like our backyard and the picnic table. Um, and then, you know, whereas there's such a juxtaposition that 10 minutes across the way and I'm in Philadelphia and it's literally like so much culture and like, um, you know, my mom taking me to a lot of like museums to understand just like what everything is in terms of art and music and culture and all of those good things. So um, I kind of had the best of both worlds, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that amazing. is my garbage guy going by. If you oh, that all good. <laughs> so, the beauty you know. of Zoom and the Internet. It's all good. I can't even hear him. Um, Perfect. Yeah. And what about how did you get into music? Like, how did I get into music? Yeah. Do you have, do you come from a musical household at all? Or is that something, uh, an artistic household? Yeah. Um, so how I got into music, I don't know if you can hear me or not because the garbage person is like losing it in the background, but oh, I can hear you. Okay. I, wonderful. I can vaguely hear, or like, like kind of hear the like, <laughs> yeah, no, Zoom is like really, really good in filtering out that background noise because to me it sounds like a symphony going on in the background. But yeah, Zoom yeah. Is a, has an incredible like compressor and a gate on it that's just like shuts all it out somehow. Shout out to Zoom on <laughs> apologetic promo. Um, so yeah, I. My whole family has been into music. Like, I have. Um, my grandfather was a drummer. Uh, he used to actually drum for Elvis Presley when he first got started. Oh my um, gosh. That's yeah, incredible. And that's like if you check like his very first album and look at like his album credits, you'll see Albert Isaac Greenwood. And that is my grandfather. Uh, so yeah, my whole family has done music. And then like my mom and uncle and aunt, they were in a James Brown cover band that played. <laughs> my mom played drums and my uncle, he was the lead singer and bass player. And like my aunt, she was on keys and like alternated with drums and stuff. And then my big brother, he was a drummer. And then I was the black sheep of the family. I was like, I'm going to play guitar. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, you didn't go straight to drums as well. Yeah, no, I did it. I mean, it was encouraged for me to go to drums, but they were actually like, I was like, no, I want to play guitar because by that time I discovered Nirvana mm -hmm. and um, discovered the Bleach album and In Utero and just like all the crazy things. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is my passion. So when I was 13, 
I actually got my first guitar and started playing like my first song or my first song at my first song was at seven, but my first song oh on my guitar. God. Yeah, my first song on guitar was like 13. And I remember it. It was like two crappy chords. That's <laughs> all you need. <laughs> it was all I needed. Once I figured out how to play E major and switch it to A consistently, the game was over. Like, don't <laughs> tell me. And then what I could do an open G, whoo, checkmate. Oh, man. Just, Three chords. Yeah, there you go. EAG, switch it up with a D once my fingers learned how to make the, <laughs> make the like, yeah, M ish W shape or whatever it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, once I learned how to play that EAGD, it was a wrap for me in terms of like my teenage songwriting years and stuff. There's there's a lot of, um, and then when I learned how to play like minor and diminished chords and stuff, then I was like, oh, that was really speaking to like my angsty teenage self at the time. <laughs> <laughs> were you writing um, like punk songs? Because I did read that you were in a punk band for a while, right? Yeah. So I actually started a punk band when I was around 16, 17 called Rise from Ashes. Um, and it was me on lead guitar. And then I had a bass player and a drummer. Um, and I wrote all the songs and stuff for that album. I have like one rock album that I made when I was 17. That's awesome. Um, and like cheesiest album cover in the world. It's like, so back then, you know, when you're a teenager and punk rock, like most of it is very like, you know, just F the sister. Oh, and yeah. like, you can so, cuss, by the way. Okay, perfect. Fuck yeah. the sister. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know whether I was allowed to or not. Yeah, I know so some people like, get apprehensive about it and I just, I should just tell people right away. Like you can say fuck. Yeah, no, because sometimes <laughs> like my mouth, like I say a lot of shit, man. So <laughs> let it um, loose. It's all I good. was just trying to like keep it, keep it kosher. Um, but yeah, so I have a lot of like anti, you know, very much punk rock themes and so my sure. theme of my album cover it was rise from ashes and it was an airbrush cover of me as uncle sam with the rock and roll guitar on top of like the fucking state capital like down with the sister <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious <laughs> i think the only one who still has that because i never like pushed it out to any like streaming services it was like one of those okay if i play a show like buy the album at the show along with like my merchandise of like this cover and stuff so um other than like the 2000 people that bought it because i sold 2000 copies damn that's a lot um, yeah no i was pretty proud of it like i used to um call myself like the punk rock version of like ludicrous because you know when he <laughs> got started he was like selling all of his albums and stuff out of the back of his trunk and i was uh -huh. like i was selling my albums out of the back of my guitar case <laughs> that's amazing just like ten dollars a pot guys <laughs> like and um when we would travel like um my when i turned 17 and graduated um from high school instead of like going out and partying i actually planned a tour uh and you know had my mom as my tour manager so my fun was very limited because my mother was right there watching but still like to have your mom <laughs> be uh you know that supportive obviously uh, from a musical household but to like 
be like, yeah, I'm going to take my daughter on tour. Yeah, no, she's always been incredibly supportive of all of the things that I've done. And is always just like, she's one of those like momagers who has never, ever pushed me to do anything. I've always come to her and be like, I want to do this, 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 and this. And she's like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> but she's never been like, you're going to do this, 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 this. Cause she also knows her daughter. I'd be like, Oh, am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's been really supportive, but yeah, when I was younger, before I went to college, like I went up and down and played on the warp tour. Um, wow. Yeah, and I played on the Warp Tour. I opened up for Mark Ramon at this like big like tattoo festival and stuff. Um, I actually recorded the rock album with Steve Albini, um, which was like one of my biggest goals because obviously like I am very very much influenced by Nirvana and like uh-huh. the writing of Kurt Cobain, and so one of the things I looked at is like where they recorded it and saw that it was electrical out in Chicago with Steve. Um, And I said, okay, I want to record with this man one day. And then I put together that album, um, sent out an email to his team. He was like, I have time for you on July 15th to meet, to discuss the possibility of me recording you. (laughs) But I mean, to have him even respond, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, no, it was huge to have him like respond. He was like, I'm very interested in your project. Let's like, let's meet so I can hear your demos first. There's no guarantee. Um, He's like on July 15th. And I was like, well, that's my birthday. And he's like, so I got July 15th. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, no, he was like, I got July 15th or July 15th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I skipped. That was my 18th birthday. I, like, skipped the party and went out to Chicago and met with him and, like, It was um, me, my mom, my big brother, and then Steve. And he is the coolest freaking dude ever. Like, absolutely. Just the chillest guy. Super respectable. Went out there, met with him. He heard my stuff. And he was like, listen, you can work with, like, one of my other engineers. And we can get you recorded, like, this weekend. Or if you wait, I have time in October in my schedule to work with you on this album and do it myself. And I was like, see you in October, sir. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So I went out there and it was three days. I did all the instruments the first day. It was me and my brother. So I tracked all the bass myself, tracked all the guitar parts myself. Um, and then the third day did all the vocals and everything like that and backing vocals. And then on the um, fifth day, his drummer from his punk rock band, Big Black, actually owns a mastering house out there. And so he mastered the album on the third day. Um, wow. the cool did thing- your brother play drums on it? Yeah, no, my brother played drums on it. That's and amazing. then I did the guitar and all the bass parts and like just all instruments that weren't drums because I can't play the drums. Yeah, but yeah, to have him come up and do it too, that's so cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And he's a super talented drummer. And that was a very just like, um, you know, even though that sort of phase of music and everything that I've done has 
um, it's not necessarily phased out of my life, but it's turned into something else. Like that whole moment was a really great memory and great experience. And honestly, my first experience is sort of working with people on like a major level as opposed mm -hmm. to just like going to like Joey's basement and um, right <laughs> using a fork track or something to record exactly like the whole entire album was actually done on analog so it was done on like a two inch because I really wanted just like that old school 70s vibe and feel and aesthetic and like there's just certain things that you can't capture on like Ableton or Pro Tools or Logic mm -hmm. that you can capture on like a two inch analog tape. Um, so, yeah, that was a really, really cool experience to like create an album that way. And like, I really had to play my parts, man. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah like, I mean, it, it, it's not cheap to keep doing the tape. <laughs> no, no. And that's why by the time I got out there in October, I was rehearsed like a motherfucker. Like, I... <laughs> I because it was being funded by my mom and she was like, listen, what you won't do is go out here and screw around because that costs money. <laughs> right. So she's like, I'm going to need you to make sure you practice, baby, before you <laughs> go out there and play with these people's time. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, that's so cool that not only your mom funds it. I mean, just the the whole, uh, you know, kind of experience you had. Was that the, the, the album that you were selling out of your guitar case for 10 bucks? Yeah, that okay. was yeah, I was selling out of the guitar case for like 10 bucks. And then um, you're actually the first and only person that will, well, besides everybody else that listens to this podcast, I'm like, you're the only person, nobody else tell. But I also made a um, Christmas album during that time, a rock and roll Christmas album. Uh, sold about a thousand copies of those and gave all the proceeds to the Ronald McDonald's like children's charity house. Um, wow. Cause I like, just don't do Christmas music in general. I think that all of it's very cheesy, mm -hmm. but I also wanted to like raise money for this charity in like a really, really cool way. Um, and I was like, I guess I'll do like, <laughs> I'll do like this rock and roll version. I'll turn into like the Trans Siberian Orchestra in this bitch and like make <laughs> all these uh, like Christmas songs. And yeah, literally went around to like local pizza shops and local shop owners and they and like set up little like mini display sections there and like wrote out what it's for and would come back at the end of the week and there'd be like maybe one or two copies left out of the 10 that I had there, like, you know, and so much so that like the other day I was on Amazon and for some reason I just like, I put my name in there and the Christmas album is for sale on Amazon somewhere in China. Shit you not. I don't know how my Christmas album that I sold at local pizza shops is somewhere in China 
but the bitch is somewhere. I'm, 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 I'm going to buy it after I get off this podcast. <laughs> it's somewhere in China and it's me in like a very comfy Christmas sweater with my fucking guitar that I called Excalibur. And it's just <laughs> and like just a bang to the gods. Like my face is covered in true emo style. You can only see a slither of eyes. Your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, and they're selling it for $7.99 plus $4.95 for the ship. Oh, I got that. <laughs> like, how the fuck did y'all even get this? <laughs> Uh, why is it china <laughs> that's so good <laughs> that's the part that makes me crack the fuck up i'm like why is it in china though like how did it get there your music like, made it all the way to china and it's so popular that they are selling it online they're like oh this is gonna make a few bucks <laughs> but, it's, it's just, but it's just like who out of those thousand people are like yeah, I'm gonna send this over to Jen. Some buyer in China really fucks with this Christmas album <laughs> of this person who, and it's not even like my stage name. It was just like literally under like my regular ass government name, Ashley Greenwood. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. So yeah, that well, is. Now we all know the name to look up. I mean, it, it, that thing's yeah, gonna be flying no, up the shelves. Yeah, you guys know the name to look up. Like, <laughs> the CD, and it's limited edition apparently. And I'm like, I know because there was only a thousand copies made. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be a collector's item one day if you can grab it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it right after this call. Um, that's so funny. So how long did you, um, cause obviously your sound has changed, but I mean, it, obvi- it still has elements of what you were doing yeah. before for sure. A hundred percent. But, um, when did your sound kind of, uh, evolve into what you're doing now? And, and when did wow, Ash, wow start? Was it much later down the line or like, how did that transition happen? Yeah. Um, so the transition into the music that I am doing now has been a very interesting journey. Um, definitely started when I went to college in New York City. I went to New School University. Oh, you um, did? That's a wrap. Yeah. I wanted to go there when I was going to, when I was in high school, I wanted to go there for like their editing and film produ- like classes. Yeah. And then I'm like, damn, I can afford this. Or get there from San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was lucky enough to get like scholarships and like grants and stuff like that. And like I am when I was looking for schools, I was very adamant on I wanted a school that didn't focus on like sororities and fraternities and sports. Because, you know, there are some colleges that are like we're a sports school and like fuck the arts. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought was cool about it, too. So, and that's, you know, honestly why I like picked it is because they're like, we're very focused on like the arts and education. And they're like, we don't even have fraternities or sororities or sports. What are sports? (laughs) And I was like, oh, this place is perfect for me. Like, this is great. So I applied early admission. Um, by that time, when you had to like get in, you had to send them like a portfolio of your work. And I was like, well, I did. I recorded here. I'm on tour. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And they're like, oh, OK, so you are just like a um, 
like you're already doing it you're a fully working artist and this is essentially come on in like and plus oh, you that's know cool yeah it helped that i had like the 3.9 gpa but and you had a uh, christmas album and <laughs> I didn't mention that. <laughs> In fact, I haven't mentioned that Christmas album until this interview right now. And Adam, you make me regret that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't bring it up again. <laughs> it's all good. No, it's all good. I really hope you do go and like look on Amazon and find it. I will, I'm telling you, I'm going to do it right now or right when we're I done. I will be juiced, man. I will be. Because <laughs> um, you're going to laugh at the album cover. It's just like, I think like 17 year old me just trying to look so cool and failing miserably <laughs> with my guitar, but in my head. And then it's like, christmas bells in the background and somehow i'm in a christmas ornament <laughs> it's fucking terrible man awesome. <laughs> but it may be the greatest thing that it may be one of my greatest works yet that i have <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe it'll be like a new like it was like a Joey's basement situation, four track recorder, like Tascam situation, the whole, the whole shitty shebang bang independent works. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so fast forward going to new school. Um, when I got there, I discovered like the hip hop scene and also the ballroom scene. Um, I remember I went to a battle and saw Joey Badass perform for the first time and was like, holy shit. Because um, before that, I've been so much immersed into like rock and roll and uh, even like country and folk music and singer songwriters that I didn't really, at that time, the music that was being made in hip hop, it didn't really show a lot of like, lyricism and skill to me so to speak so mm -hmm. it's just like oh no i don't want to do hip-hop because i'm too wordy of a songwriter like i can't <laughs> <laughs> like they're not going to appreciate what i'm writing like at all oh, um and then i saw like joey badass perform and just all these amazing just like brilliant lyricists in new york and said oh wait it can be done they're doing it and brilliantly okay i'm doing this now <laughs> okay i rap now um and then for maybe about like a year or so and then at the same time got introduced to the new york city ballroom scene and so like that is a part of like the whole lgbtqa like culture and mm -hmm. um seeing people vogue and seeing just like the confidence and seeing just like the sort of like over-the-top theatricality that would happen at these like events and everything and like being a part of the ballroom scene before it was cool and before it was put on television and before like you know when it was still very underground and people were just like Shh, don't talk about it um, so like both of these things coming into my life at the same time at 18, I feel like it sort of created my formative of who I am as a musician um, because 
they were being done by artists that were so free, uninhibited, so authentically them. And I was like, wow, that must be nice. <laughs> like, that must be nice to just kind of be so free in your music and have such a level of like self-expression and like all of that. I want to do that. Um, so yeah, I just for a year and a half went to like, nonstop battles and just watch and observe because I was not ready to go up and freestyle against any I was like oh no like can't do that because <laughs> I'm like I'm still giving you like 1990s like I go in the car I drive real far <laughs> 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 like I'm still giving you like cool modi from like the circa 1980s that like you know what I mean? So I'm like, I, I need to maybe develop my skill set a little bit. So I'm just going to watch and observe and keep writing and keep practicing and watch and observe. And then finally, I was actually in Philly. And that is where I was like, OK, I'm going to do like this freestyle battle because by that time I started just like dabbling with making music, working with some of my friends who were producers, making like a little bop here or there and like people being like, oh, like that's dope, you know, come on like our podcast show or come on like the underground radio show and just talk about you as, as an artist and everything. And also I smoke a shit ton of weed. So they're like, and also talk about like your whole kind of like Snoop Dogg lifestyle, girl. <laughs> we want to talk about all of it. So um, yeah, I um, went there and they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to have like a ladies freestyle battle, like ladies first thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like girl power. Like I'm all about it. Um and then I got there to the radio station and they said, oh, all the women dropped out. So it's just a regular like male freestyle battle with like our Philly greats. And I was like, oh. when I tell you, Adam, <laughs> how my whole like my eyeballs, heart and everything dropped to my asshole. Because I said, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So and they're like, oh, you can come back another time or whatever. And there was one guy that in the background, he was like, oh, she's scared. And in my head, I went, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, no. Oh, it's on, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go then. So I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. I can go. Um, and so the whole time that I was there, uh, they, you know, it was just like a round table discussion, all the mics and everything set up and they're going and everybody Adam was literally like ripping at me. But also I looked like, you know, Joni Mitchell walking in that bitch. Like I literally looked like just like, <laughs> like just all the even Michelle branches making my way downtown. Like that's just <laughs> literally how I look. So I get it that I was an easy target for them to just be like, the fuck's this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was just sitting there and they were just like ripping at me and ripping at me. And then it came my turn. And I was like, all right, line them up. Um, <laughs> line them up. <laughs> literally went one by one by one by one and by the time i got finished they were like they reminded me of that meme where people were just like oh 
and like screaming and stuff and like that is how I built like my name and my respect in Philly as an artist from like that one freestyle show and then just starting to work with like amazing Philly like hip-hop artists and being able to connect with um, a producer his name is Bear who's worked with like Jay-Z and STS Gold and Jay Dilla and just like all these like greats and he helped me to like truly write my first like hip-hop song and everything like that and um yeah it just started from there and I worked on that for maybe about a good like year and a half to two years while I was in Philly um but in the meantime oddly enough uh the creative things that I was doing on social media and also consuming a lot of the plant cannabis plant while doing it <laughs> was getting me noticed by companies out here in California um and they're like hey we'd really like to work with you and do like you know influencer things which by the t at that time I didn't know what the fucking influencer was I was like the fuck's that <laughs> <laughs> Like, what am I influencing? I don't get it. <laughs> like, right. Um, so they're like, yeah, you know, just, I was like, so you're going to pay me to basically like smoke weed on the internet and do the exact same thing that I'm already doing right now. Word. I'll come yeah, out there. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> like, word. So for maybe about like the first like a uh, few months while I was out here, I was able to really like, um, I wasn't one of those artists that came out here with just like, you know, a plastic bag and hopes and dreams. Like mm -hmm. I actually had like jobs Job, and things, yeah. like money lined up because you know, LA, LA expensive. Oh, like, a little bit. <laughs> it costs at least $5 to have fun out here. <laughs> That's Actually, that's even being uh, nice, I would say. Yeah, $5. No, I would say it costs at least $5 to open your door and walk outside. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. like, one step outside, five bucks. Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I came out here, started doing that, and then realized that, you know, like, I was getting away from the artistry and the reason that I came out here, which was like, all right, well... If you're going to go out to L.A., it's time for you to, like, really push your music and push the things that you're doing and be one of those slash somethings that you used mm -hmm. to, like, kind of laugh at and be like, I'm going to slash this slash this because everybody is in L.A. And it's like, well, bitch, you're about to be one of those slash slash slash. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta, yeah, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Exactly. So I, I came out here and I've only been out here for maybe about two and a half years going on to like three years in like August. Um, and I was like, Ayo universe, if this was meant to be, then let it me know. But like, if not, then let a bitch know expeditiously. If I need to be <laughs> going back home. Um, and definitely the world has been showing me that like, this is my path and my place. I don't know where it's going to end up, Adam, but I know that it's going to be something really fucking dope because just everything the timing has been right and everything has been lining up so um i'm really really like blessed about that and really really happy about it and um you know 
I was able to work and release my first album a year ago mm -hmm. um, and do it completely independent. And, um, and I love the name. Now it all makes sense with the cannabis influencer, the hash Yeah, the, I'm a hash <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cause that, I just, if you have gotten anything from me is that sarcasm is my love language and I just will some way, somehow find some way to put like just a comedic element into the visual art that I'm creating or yeah, just, um, even within like a song, whether it be like a clever lyric or something, because life is way too short to be so fucking serious all the time. Mm -hmm. And I spent about like, you know, from age 13 to like 23 writing very sad emo F the system type songs. And I'm just like, that's, you know, they got it. They get the point. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. time to write something else now. Like, I just want to write shit that makes you like stomp your feet and feel good. And like you get in the car and you go on a long ass drive and like, this is what you put on with your girls and sing it really badly off key as <laughs> you, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like everyone's just driving down the highway, singing badly off key to my song. Like that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that is where I am now. Um, it took a bit to sort of really hone in my sound. Like my first album was, kind of an experimentation of all over the place. It was, okay, you have rock, then there's pop, then there's hip hop, then there's funk, then there's jazz, then there's this. And mm -hmm. those are all elements and all genres and things that I love and, you know, are very important to me in terms of like creation and writing. But there was never like an amalgamation of like all of that to cultivate it into a sound that was like me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm excited about this second album, the algorithm that's coming out on July 7th um, is because finally I have written a body of work and created like after all those years of like the punk rock, the freestyle scenes, the ballroom scenes, just literally everything has gotten and went and I went like, and created you know this body of work that is true to me and i'm excited about it because i'm like this is the first time that i'm like okay this is my sound mm -hmm. it's not you know oh it's a sound of this it's a sound of that like and they're like how do you classify your sound i'm like i don't really like i yeah. sound like me <laughs> that's the best thing to say i mean that's the best thing to be right i mean just do your yeah style. you know like i I've always tried to say, well, oh, I don't sound like her. Oh, I don't sound like her. And I'm like, oh, I don't sound like this person. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I sound like me. And once as an artist, you fully accept that and embrace that. That's where the magic happens, Adam. Like, that's really where like the true like artistry, because now you get to have fun mm -hmm. and create and do the shit that you like to do and make the things that like bring you joy and happiness and like all of those things. So um, that's really like what this second album like reflects and is um, doing. And I'm very, I'm grateful that I connected with like a producer that really, really brought that out of me um, because I, you know, for the longest time, like, 
when you work for so long, you're like, oh, okay, I have it down. This is how I'm going to do it. And then when you find someone that challenges you and goes, oh, yeah, well, what if you tried it like this? Mm. And then you're like, no, that's too hard. And they're like, okay, cool story. But what if you tried it like this? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I'll try it like that. Hmm. That's actually pretty fun. Cool. Okay. I'm glad I tried it like that. So yeah. um, The producer I worked with, his name is uh, Sam J Garfield and he's been out here in LA for uh, quite some time. And he has just been very, very integral in like helping me to find my sound and like what that actually sounds like. And Um, but also really, really paying close attention and homage to the um, things that I've done in the past and done before and just pulling it all together. And like, yeah. That's really cool. I I did read uh, that you said kind of on the first uh, album that you put out, you were kind of, I I mean, it sounds like obviously now you have your, you kind of gained your foot and you know your sound. That's what you were just saying. But like in the first album, it's you were kind of, trying to do cater more to the algorithm right i mean with the songs you're making like trying to cater it more towards tiktok or instagram reels or whatever was happening at the time and then this time around you call it the algorithm but it sounds like you're going the opposite direction of playing to it um, and i don't know if you had a chance to take a look at the album cover that is created um, i do i have it right here yeah so it's like like um, half you're like half a machine kind of yeah half machine half human um so that cover came from a dream that i had um and yeah i like dreamt that i was doing a photo shoot and that that was the outfit that i was wearing and then i went to like my creative team and said guys all right hear me out (laughs) listen we're gonna do it like this and i was like half human, half machine and go. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, that um, comes the album cover. But yeah, with the first album, I remember in a lot of the writing sessions that I would make the comment like, oh, this is going to be great. Like the girls are going to eat this up on Insta. Oh, this is going to be such a song. Great for freaking TikTok. And like, I said a lot of those things during my writing sessions in the first album. And like, when I think back on it, especially when I listen to that album and think about my headspace during certain, certain songs of those that I was writing, I was like, ew, (laughs) ew, like, dude, why are you like, why are you writing for apps that are essentially comprised of zeros and ones if you think about like the whole like if you break down like the basic structure of it and break it down to like binary code like Mm -hmm. girl you are trying to put soul into something that is zeros and ones what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah this album that I wrote I promised myself that I would write things that made me happy I would write things in that when we were in the recording studio we would call it like sweaty palm syndrome because we were so excited like my palms got sweaty like 
no mom spaghetti situation, but you know, (laughs) I was just like very excited about what I was writing. And so I was like, okay, this is the feeling like, this is the vibe. This is, I'm finally writing for me. And you know, the people that get it, they're out there and they'll get it. And if they don't, that's completely okay. I sleep well at night. Um, So like, that is, you know, the algorithm. So you see me sort of like this machine and instead, like a lot of times people think, oh, you're turning into the machine. It's like, no, it's actually the other way around. Right. Yeah. I'm turning back into human from AI because I was turning into a goddamn robot trying to make music and create things that I think would be good to feed the analytics of this of that of this that and I'm like or how about you just make some goddamn music (laughs) and go back to like who you were and so that is really like what the algorithm is uh, sort of loosely based upon that is like with the whole concept and uh, sort of going back to like this renaissance era so to speak of um just having good music shit that makes you feel good like can you tiktok dance to my stuff i don't know if you like, <laughs> like I don't really know. care though. Right? Like, I don't really yeah. care either. <laughs> like maybe, like if so, great. <laughs> like, but you know, that wasn't my goal or focus this time around. And I'm really, really just like as an artist. Um, there's a line in one of the albums um, and one of the songs that was like, "Even if this flops, you cannot top me." And like I wrote that. Because I'm like, even if, you know, obviously we don't want it to flop, but even if it didn't have the projection or go and do the numbers or the analytics and follow the things that like everybody looks at to say whether you're a good artist or not nowadays, not whether your music's good, just how many followers do you have? How many this? How many right, this? Right. <laughs> like, um, so even if like it doesn't get any attention paid to like it's a good fucking album and i'm proud of it so like even if this shop shit flops like you're still not topping me (laughs) my my energy and my swag is still on king kong level when creating (laughs) this album because i'm proud of it because it takes a while for an artist to like finally feel like an artist and that's what this album represents like so fully i love that and i and i love the message behind it and uh what you're doing and i appreciate your you know your time today thank you so much ash for doing this yeah absolutely thank you for having me um it was a little bit of a rough start i was running around like a chicken with my head cut off and then like (laughs) no you're awesome and then like slightly panicking i'm like lord i'm so sweaty in this interview (laughs) (laughs) i'm sweating too i don't know what happened my air conditioner like stop working no but but i'm just like just stop sweating on camera girl but you know like you look you look great I appreciate it. Even if I didn't, I'll take it. I have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. Advice for aspiring artists. Um, Consistency. And I know that's like a very like blanket thing to say. And me, when I was coming to be like, girl, give me point A to Z. Um, But like, honestly, and all the points A to Z, I have had the best results 
by staying consistent at what I do um, and doing the things that are not glamorous, doing the small things that get you to the next step um, and being consistent about them. I, Adam, have been going at this nonstop, like with my foot on the pedal, like there's a brick on there since I first moved out here two and a half years ago. And the steam and the momentum has not slowed down. In fact, it's like building and building and building. Um, so if I could say anything as an artist, consistency, because the consistency shows that you believe in your motherfucking self. Um, and nobody you cannot build a team of people who believe in you if you don't believe in your goddamn self <laughs> like, nobody is gonna want to work with you and be like i believe in her if you're just like i don't know maybe they're gonna be like oh well <laughs> so yeah i would say like um consistency and um yeah that's all i got consistency mm -hmm.